We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Danny Gibson, a former multi-league winner in both the FFPC main event and the Football Guys Players Championship, and who also currently owns the 15th place team in the 2019 FFPC main event, a $3.1 million contest that will pay $500,000 to first place alone. His total winnings in his high-stakes FFPC career total more than $25,000. In this episode, he and I talk about how he handles the waiver wire this time of year, the impending return of Devontae Adams, and why he was so high on Dalvin Cook during the draft season. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the 15th place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event and $25,000 high stakes winner, Danny Gibson. Joining me this week on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown is a longtime high stakes competitor and a guy who finds himself in 15th place, uh, 15th place in the FFPC main event for that $500,000 grand prize. It is Danny Gibson. Danny, welcome. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. 
Yeah, and it's always more happy when you have a team that's only fourteen has only fourteen teams ahead of it as you're trying to win this half million grand prize, right? You are correct on that. Always nice to be going into week nine still with something to play for, um, especially in the money. So much better to be in this spot than um, than dead. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of main event teams. You have, you have a few football guys teams this year as well. When you, and I don't know if you've done any comparisons on this team as compared to those, but, um, when, when you look at this one, what makes it different? What makes it special? What did you sort of think when, after you had drafted it about its chances of doing this one? Well, there's a couple of things that I, that I did on all the main event teams, or at least tried to, right? Every team's going to be a little bit different, but Dalvin Cook was a guy that I, that I targeted extremely heavily uh, in FFPC and Football Guys Championship teams. Uh, I took him as high as 1.7 uh, on a main event team as well. Just somebody that I, I heavily believed in coming into the year. So first, you got to start with him on this particular team. Uh, he's done outstanding. And then a solid wide receiver group in Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, and Stephon Diggs. But Mark Andrews has really been a big difference maker on this team as well. was able to get him late in FFPC drafts, and he's been able to outperform, you know, where I drafted him pretty significantly. So overall, did I feel like this team could be special? Yes, but as always, you always feel pretty good coming out of drafts for the most part, but you have no idea how it's going to play out. Caught some breaks with this team, and, uh, and so far so good. And looking forward to seeing what else we can uh, we can accomplish in the next few weeks. When, let's talk about Dell and Cook there for a second because you have the, the the Vikings tandem on a lot of your teams with Cook and Madison. You could have gone a lot of different ways in the late first, early second round if you are going to go with a running back. What separated Cook from maybe some of the other guys there that you really like for the 2019? Yeah, I think it goes down to talent and opportunity. Uh, I always try to identify running backs so I feel have the talent to the, lead the league in rushing and points. And Dalvin has always had the talent. It's just a matter of of can he stay healthy and so far he's been able to do that but if, for whatever reason if he didn't then i felt like alexander madison had the talent and skill to be a high-end rb2 if for whatever reason dalvin did go down but look dalvin cook to me is a top three running back from a talent standpoint uh, he's going to get a lot of uh, touches from carrying the ball and catches so you know, versus an Alvin Kamara, who you're going to be much more heavily dependent on his uh, his catching ability more so than maybe him getting 20 uh, carries a game. Dalvin's going to get 20, 25 carries a game, plus, you know, somewhere between five to seven targets a game as well. Yeah, and, you know, when, when we get the um, uh, redraft uh, draft experts leagues going, uh, basketball leagues going uh, in, in January, I guarantee you that Dalvin Cook will be going much higher in those drafts, assuming how absolutely obviously than than where he went uh, in drafts, you know, in August and September. And maybe he will be a top three overall selection, especially if he keeps this pace up. Sticking in the NFC North, uh, Danny, when is Devonte Adams going to come back so you can start inserting him in your lineup again and for Green Bay as well? And will he immediately resume being that target hog that he was in his final game before he got hurt against the Eagles at Lambeau? Yeah, so I think if you own Devontae Adams, you want him back as soon as possible because these last four weeks, you know, you've had to plug in guys that are, from a talent standpoint, are significantly behind Devontae Adams. Um, so I hope he's able to come back and start playing this week 
Uh, if you look at the matchup against the um, the Los Angeles Chargers, there's some opportunity there. But, uh, you know, will he be the target monster? I think so. If you look at Green Bay right now, look how heavily dependent they are on the running backs. They had 11 targets this past weekend against Kansas City, eight of them going to Aaron Jones and three to Jamal Williams. So the opportunity for a, a huge target distribution will definitely be there for Devontae Adams and and I think that screams, come back quick, Devontae Adams, come back quick, if you're a Devontae Adams owner as well as Green Bay uh, Packers fan. It, it works out, or it has worked out, for anybody who's been starting Jamal Williams in these past couple of weeks, you know, if you had bye week issues or, or what have you, um, because he and Aaron Jones have been a force in that backfield, especially Jones. But from a flex standpoint, Danny, once Adams does come back, can you not put in Jamal Williams as a flex anymore, or can he still be trusted as one of those dual flexes in FFPC after you know Adams comes back and starts commanding more of the offense? Yeah, it's a great question. I think if you look at Matt LaFleur's history, he's always been a two-running-back type of guy. Uh, so I do think there will be some additional flex appeal with Jamal Adams, but I'm a lot more nervous playing him more so than I am right now because I know he's going to get a lot of, of work right now um, in the passing game and get some um, some good on carries. So I am nervous when Devontae Adams comes back for right now. I feel comfortable playing Jamal Adams or Jamal Williams in the flex. But if Adams is back this week, I do get a little bit more nervous. Uh, you have an interesting quarterback situation in your 15th placed uh, team in the uh, FFPC main event. Right now, you have Matthew Stafford at Oakland in your starting lineup over Dak Prescott, who's going up against the Giants uh, in New York. Is it likely to stay that way on your uh, on your roster after kickoff on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, it's a great question. And look, it's going to be a tough decision, right? I think weather could play into this decision overall. Hey, what's you know New York City's weather look like from that Monday night? Is there wind impacting that game? Same thing in Oakland, you know. There could be heavy winds in Oakland as well, potentially. But if you look at the Detroit Lions, on Johnson being out for the Lions, don't have much of a running game, so there's a lot of upside with Matthew Stafford. Oakland giving up 42 points to the Packers a couple weeks ago, 27 points to the Texans this past week. That's a struggling defense. Uh, so I do like Matt Stafford uh, in that matchup. If you look at Dak Prescott, that's a struggling secondary for the New York Giants as well. A lot of upside there with getting Amari Cooper back healthy, Michael Gallup too. So look, I think at the end of the day, both of these quarterbacks could easily be top five to seven plays for the week. So it's it's a good problem to have. Now it's just, okay, who provides the most upside? One of the things that I think we kind of forget about uh, as far as drafting season goes, and we'll look back on it, I'm sure, in years to come, was how the value of Antonio Brown fluctuated in a, in a span of about 72 hours, roughly. Oh. Um, you know, first he was looking fine. Then all of a sudden, you know, it was looking like a disaster. Then it looked like a genius pick after, uh, you know, uh, he was signed by New England. Then it wasn't looking like such a great, you know, I mean, it just, it fluctuated so far back and forth. In this specific spot, when you were drafting this league, uh, you, you took him at the 405. You still have him on your roster. What are your expectations for the remainder of the season for Antonio Brown and why you're keeping him around? Zero expectations at this point. Um, I think about two weeks ago, um, we as players got a little bit more clarity on that situation. Uh, you know, whenever he came out and 
you know, you found out that he had yet to meet with uh, the NFL, uh, the commissioner's office. So I think at that point in time, it was time to cut bait. Unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to cut bait because I've gotten outbid for some of the guys that I wanted in free agency. So he's still there. But as far as expectations go, there are none on my end. Uh, as, long, as, as soon as I can get somebody that I feel like will add value to my team at a reasonable price, then he'll be gone. But yeah, to your point, I don't. I can't remember a, a, a situation that provided as, as chaos of a situation as what he did there for the first four weeks of fantasy football. Um, you know, I took him at that four hundred five spot over you know a Cooper Cup, uh, who was high on my list uh, in the fourth round of drafts. So, you know, it's going to cost me dearly from that perspective. But I think there's a lot of players in uh, in similar spots. It was worth the risk in the fourth round, but I passed on him pretty much everywhere else. Yeah, and, and for anybody who says, you know, well, you, you sink an early round pick in a guy like that, and then, you know, he doesn't play, well, your team's dead. Well, you're proof positive that your team is not dead. That, you know, if you hit on some of the other players and, and you have successful bids on the waiver wire, um, you could end up competing for a million dollars or half a million dollars, which is what you're doing right now in this, uh, in this main event. One of the guys who got traded – um, this past, well, I guess it was a week before, uh, Manuel Sanders moves from Denver to the Bay Area, and he catches a touchdown right away in his first game with Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. At a minimum, going forward, is he an every week flex, Danny, or or are we still going to have to look at kind of who he's going to be matched up against as, as far as corners and, and secondaries go before we insert him into our starting lineups? Yeah, he's for me, he's a guy that's going to be very dependent on matchup. Um, so he's a spot flex guy for me, much more closer to a wide receiver four than a wide receiver three. You know, he's still got a lot to learn in that offense. It's still a run first, run heavy offense out there in San Francisco. And quite frankly, if you look at his targets from last week, you know, he only had, I, I believe, five targets, four catches for 25 yards. If you played him last week, he got bailed out by the, um, by the touchdown that he caught. So I'm really nervous on Emmanuel Sanders now. San Francisco is very weak at wide receiver, so he is going to be the number one option as wideouts go. But you're looking at George Kittle, who's going to have pretty much double-digit targets week to week. So he's going to be more of that second to third option, um, as San Francisco loves to throw to the running backs coming out of the backfield as well. So somebody that I think will have flex appeal at times, but as an every-week starter, I'm going to try to avoid that. You know, as long as we're talking about the Niners, I think this is a very interesting team because their defense has obviously been awesome. You mentioned already the receivers are, are kind of weak. Um, the running backs, they, they may not have any studs there, but they have a lot of quantity. And you, you, you're, they're coming into this game uh, this Thursday night against Arizona, and, and it's pretty banged up. Now, Tevin Coleman obviously is, is that most healthy one. He's going to get the, the lion's share of the touches. I, I think we're can agree on that so i just want to take a moment to tell you about our pals over at harry's razors obviously humans have been shaving for thousands of years and not much has changed in that time uh, in terms of how we do it and i've mentioned on the, the last couple of shows that i really don't enjoy shaving but that's why i use harry's it is a really simple process and the main thing is they don't overcharge they don't give you gimmicky features on the razor they focus on delivering what matters which is quality sharp durable blades at a fair price as i mentioned i use harry's for the simple reason I'm not a big fan of shaving and their blade is one that really 
really does let me get the job done without experiencing uh, pain to, I guess, my, my face, my neck, or my wallet. And that's why I do it. Check out harrys.com forward slash blue wire. And of course, as I mentioned there, it is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. Listeners now to the Road of His Podcast Network can redeem their free trial at harrys.com forward slash blue wire. And with that, you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to help keep your skin hydrated. That's the one I think that helps me immensely and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Once again, head on over to harrys.com forward slash blue wire to start shaving better today. I also want to let you know about ShipStation. ShipStation are getting you ready for that holiday rush. If you sell stuff online or whether you're just sending stuff to friends or family over the Christmas period, you can get ready better with ShipStation. More people are buying online than ever before and need to get those orders shipped off quickly and affordably. And of course, that's where ShipStation comes in handy. They can help you get the best out of all the offers, decide which carrier to use and get the best rates, print your labels at home and get them sent out on time and delivered for the holidays. One of my favorite things about ShipStation is the simple interface that they have. It brings all that data into one place, lets you decide which options you want and then makes it easy to manage from any device. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you and handle it with ease. Just use the offer code BLUE to get your 60-day free trial. That's two months of no-hassle-stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in the code BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. What about yeah. the other Niners running backs on this roster? Are any of these guys were, I mean, Matt Breida, obviously, you don't want to cut. But are you picking up Raheem Mostert? Are, are you picking up Jeff Wilson? Or are these guys, you know, just stay away because it's it's too difficult to count on any consistent production from those? Personally, I'm going to stay away because I don't know if we're going to have true clarity on the situation leading up to game time. If Matt Breida is healthy and is playing, then, you know, maybe he's an RB3. Uh, but as far as Jeff Wilson goes, Raheem Mostert, like, I, I just don't know. I don't have enough clarity on their health to see, okay, are they actually going to be involved in this game or not? So if I've got dead weight on my uh, on my team that, you know, there's not much risk to drop and pick one of those individuals up, if I'm desperate, maybe. But it's a situation I'm going to try to avoid at all costs. The the uh, team that they're playing Thursday night is the Arizona Cardinals, who also have kind of a muddy backfield situation right now. David Johnson expected to miss that game against San Francisco. Chase Edmonds, we found out, is going to miss multiple games uh, after his injury on Sunday. Kenyon Drake, who was traded there, uh, he he's still unpacking. You know, it's, he's still got a suitcase in his hotel room, and uh, we don't know how much of a of a part of the game plan he's going to be involved in on Thursday night. For Week Nine, what do you do with these Cardinals? And maybe the simple answer is here: stay away from all three of them because of the t- matchup. But going forward, what are you doing with this team as far as who you're starting and who you're rostering uh, in in the Arizona running back core? Yeah, it is. Week nine goes. I'm I'm avoiding that situation like the plague. Uh, there's just again the lack of clarity has to make you nervous as a fantasy football player. How much is Kenyon Drake going to play? Is he going to play 50% of the snaps? 40% of the snaps? Hard to know. Obviously, there's not much else there on that roster right now outside of Alfred Morris and uh, Zach Zinner. But at least they've been there for a few weeks, so they know the offense. They know the playbook. Kenyon Drake 
just showed up on Monday night. So, you know, how much is he going to be able to know and, and, and be able to uh, contribute in two days is, is hard to know, but I'm avoiding it if at all possible for week nine moving forward. Look, I think if David Johnson can come back in the next week or two, that's still his backfield. Uh, Chase Edmond is out for the next probably three to four weeks. So if David Johnson is back in week 10, then I feel relatively good he's going to get the lion's share uh, and the bulk of the carries and, and passing game work is that RB1 that you drafted him at. Um, they've also got a week 12 bye, so a late bye um, this year for that team. So I think you'll have clarity in week 10 and 11 how active Kenyon Drake's going to be. But if, if David Johnson's back for week 10, I'm feeling really confident that he's a plug-and-play guy. You have um, – we we're more than halfway through the bye week gauntlet. However, to your point, uh, there are buys going all the way up through week 12, including six teams on bye in week 10. Given that rosters will be stretched over these next few weeks – can Chase Edmonds be cut, or is he a guy still worth keeping around going forward just to see what happens when he gets healthy? Yeah, if, if, if my team is in playoff hunt, look, I know I'm not probably going to be able to pick up an individual off the waiver wire that will give me as much upside and potential as Chase Edmonds. Now, if somebody got is impatient um, with maybe a Duke Johnson or somebody of that type of skill set and they've gotten dropped, then maybe I start to consider it. But for, you know, it would have to be somebody that gives me pretty good upside for me to drop Chase Edmonds. I'm willing to wait it out for the next three to four weeks to see how that situation plays out because we've seen what he can do when given the opportunity. Now, if Chase Edmonds had only gotten 30, 30 yards on 10 carries the other day versus a 35-point outing, yeah, I'm going to drop him. But that's not the case. We know what he can do when he's healthy, so I'm going to hold on to him unless there's just significant value that – is on the waiver wire, which is highly unlikely. Right. I think I'm with you on that. I've chased Edmonds in several spots, and I'm going to try to hold on to him as long as I possibly can. Just, you know, and maybe, it, listen, maybe there's only one week um, where, you know, David Johnson's dinged up, Kenyon Drake maybe is dinged up, or he's not part of the, the game plan. Maybe there's one week where you get to play Chase Edmonds and he puts up 30, but maybe that one week either carries you to the playoffs carries you through the playoffs or maybe wins you a championship you never know but we we know what he's capable of he's already demonstrated on the field this year in this offense he's a guy i think you got to find a roster spot for and uh, i might even scoop him up in a few leagues if he does get dropped uh in in waivers this week too we'll see what happens uh sort of a running back you know that will probably be the case weeks nine through eleven you you tend to see owners get very impatient whether that's with Don Jackson, for example, or maybe somebody even drops O.J. Howard because the production just has not been there. Those are the individuals that I'm looking for on the waiver wire this week. Who's gotten dropped that never should have gotten dropped because of their um, production or potentially they've been hurt? Yeah, and frustration definitely seeps into as as we're what well, we have three weeks left in the FFPC, the football guys regular seasons too. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. It'll be a fun uh, fun few weeks. Um, sticking on the running back tip here, Danny, uh, Darius Geis is not going to play this week. Doesn't sound like he's not going to, it doesn't sound like he is going to play next week either, but week 11 seems more possible for, for the Washington, uh, second year back. What kind of expectations do you have for a guy with his talent, but also with his injury history and with his opportunity, but also in an offense that's not really 
<coughs> cooking along here right now. Darius Geis, how do you handle this guy uh, for your redraft teams? Yeah, so Geis was a guy that I targeted really heavily in drafts this year. Uh, I probably have him on 50% of my teams at least um, because I, I'm a big believer in his now. The question is going to be how does the how do the Redskins handle him uh, moving forward? He's a guy that obviously is coming off an ACL injury, now a meniscus injury to this year. Uh, you just don't know what the Redskins are going to do. Are they going to be able to roll him out there, trust him to stay healthy, and see what he can provide from maybe a spark for that offense? Are they going to continue to roll, you know, 35, 36-year-old Adrian Peterson out there and give him 15 to 20 carries a game? You just don't know. Um, so, again, until I have clarity on the situation, I'm not going to roll him out on week 11, but I'm definitely going to hold on to him and see, you know, could he provide some opportunity um, in weeks 12, 13, 14, 15 if my team is in the running uh, for the FFPC championship? You know, does he provide a spark? Does he give a, get an opportunity with the Redskins? Hard to know what the Redskins are going to do. I mean, for love of God, look at what. Look at how the Redskins have handled uh, Trent Williamson. Right. Uh, Trent, Trent Williams, uh, as an example. Expect the unexpected with that team. But at the end of the day, Darius Geis is an extremely talented individual who they're going to want to see how can he produce, can he stay healthy. So if I'm the Redskins, look, I'm playing him. I'm going to see what I've got in my second-round draft pick. But you just don't know. And, and and I think there's a certain extent of like, well, we got to keep this guy healthy. We're not doing anything this year. What's the point of, you know, bringing him back? But but I think you make an excellent uh, point here, Danny. Is look, he, he's hardly been healthy. This guy needs reps on an NFL field to find out if he's got the game to make it week in and week out as a consistent football player, not only for the Redskins, but for fantasy lineups as well. You know, they, they need to find out if they can trust him or if they needed to go in a different direction in the upcoming draft because the, the cupboard is kind of bare behind him. You know, you have the an aging Adrian Peterson. You have a, a, a bang, you know, seemingly always banged up Chris Thompson. Not a whole lot else there. Um, you know, Wendell Smallwood, yuck. It's, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people got better at drafting this year. Um, I, I'm not sure. But it seems like, you know, I ask this question every week on this show. Who are you aggressively going after on the waiver wire this week? And it, for the last few weeks, by and large, there hasn't been a, a lot of people uh, to aggressively go after. And I, I think that dates back all the way to the start of the season. There just has not been that, you know, um, league-winning type of guy that people are going crazy for on the waiver wire. Um I don't know if that continues this week for you, Danny, as, as you've been placing your, your bids in, in your leagues. Has there been a player that has stood out to you that, that you've been really targeting trying to get this week? You know, not really. Um, and, and to your point, there hasn't really been for the last two to three weeks. You know, if you look at, you know, the DJ Sharks, the Terry McLaurins. Sure, you know, yeah. Were drafted this year or, yeah. or picked up, you know, extremely early uh, in, in free agency. So, you know, there hasn't been that league-winning guy. And, you know, Ty Johnson was a popular ad last week. Well, we saw what he did this past weekend. So, you know, this week, again, depending upon what your needs are from a roster standpoint, you're looking at Danny Amendola, Chris Conley's, you know, and that doesn't really make me feel too excited. Um, you know, maybe Conley is is the highest upside get, uh, guy there with Marquise Lee going out on injury now. 
you know, he's gotten a lot of targets the last two weeks, but am I aggressively pursuing him? No. I'm looking more, again, for those guys that, you know, owners have dropped like Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, people, players like that that owners have gotten just frustrated with and said, you know what, I'm just going to drop them and I'm going to pick up somebody else. But could provide significant production over the next four to five weeks. Those are the guys that I'm more looking at this week and, and for the weeks to come. So more than likely, I'm saving my free agency money for the next couple of weeks to see, all right, who gets dropped. And if nobody does, then I can pursue a potentially a Danny Amendola or a Chris Conley. That's why it's always so important to to not just look at you know um, you know you go to different content sites you know Rotoviz or, or anything like that and they you know they'll have like a column or a few columns on who to target in your waiver wire every single week and those are good and they help but it's not it's not all encompassing you need to really be looking at um, like I always look at when my waivers get processed every week I look at who got dropped and if there was somebody that I'm gonna target or somebody that, that I think is a difference maker, I make a note of that, and then I you know write down what league is it, what player, who do I, you know, and that's I think that's something that you need to do with every single league because that's how you gain these little advantages um, over a, you know, a hyper-competitive uh, league, like you know these high-stakes leagues like the FFPC yep. or Football Guys Players Championship. I always think of, you know, it goes back to Daryl Morey, the, the GM of the Rockets, and sort of how he built the his team when when he took over it was sort of he got like five percent better or like two percent better with every single trade he made he was always getting a little bit better so it was never um you know that one big blockbuster move it was all these little tiny moves you know put together gave him an advantage and i think if you operate your high stakes teams like that we're always getting just a little bit better every single time or you're just outworking uh the other people in your league just a little bit more that you know, when you add it all up at the end of the season, that makes a huge difference in, in a lot of leagues. And I think you've been a player who's done that over the years too. And you could probably attest to say like, look, this is the way I do it because it's always seemingly worked for me. Right. And and, and one thing that I think a lot of owners that have Dalvin Cook um, need to start looking at from an FFPC standpoint is, all right, that's going to be a big gap in your lineup for week 12, which is going to be the first week of the playoffs. Where are you going to be able to get an advantage in points to kind of offset that? For me, it's, okay, what defense do I need to target now that I feel like could give me some potential upside in Week 12 that can offset some of that loss of Dalvin Cook in Week 12? Those are the type things that if you're going to make the playoffs and you've got players that are going to be on bye in Week 12, you need to start analyzing and looking at now, not waiting until Week 11, Week 12 to make those changes. You – I, 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 you've been very gracious, Danny, with, with me this week with your time and, and speaking fantasy. And, and uh, I've, I've definitely learned a few things, come to realize a few things over just a short conversation with you uh, today. I want to ask one more question before I, I let you get on your way and enjoying week nine. A player that you think a lot of FFPC players uh, will have in their starting lineup that you think could bust this week. Um, and then another player that will be on a lot of benches that you actually think hey, this guy should be in your starting lineup because he is a sleeper. He's going to perform in week nine. Yeah, let's start with the running back position. I think Mark Ingram is somebody that I'm really nervous about. Uh, if you look at him the last three games, averaging barely three yards a carry, uh, only 25 carries total the past two games, not very heavily involved in the passing game. He was much more involved in the passing game in New Orleans versus what he is right now in Baltimore. 
uh, and now he gets the Patriots defense. Uh, and that's not a very good recipe for me. So if, if he's only looking at 12 carries, 12 to 13 carries like he's gotten in the last two games against a really strong defense in the Patriots and not very active in the passing game, uh, that's a recipe for concern for me. So he's a guy that uh, I'm not very high on this week at all. Um, now, a guy that I do like is what running back is playing 85 to 90% of the snaps. That's Mark Walton. Who's getting the new uh, New York Jets defense coming to town this week without Leonard Williams? That's Mark Walton. So, you know, a guy that's probably going to be on a lot of benches this week that I think could provide 12 to 15 or more uh, fantasy points is Mark Walton. So I really like his opportunity this week. Uh, but, look, I expect him to be on probably 85 to 90 percent of the benches. But he's a guy that I actually feel like could provide a spark and get you 12 to 15 points this week. Yeah, and you never know, too. I mean, you look at just the bye weeks alone. No Devontae Freeman this week. No Joe Mixon. No Todd Gurley. No uh, Alvin Kamara. Anybody like that. So maybe people will be forced. Some people might be forced to put uh, Mark Walton in their starting lineup, and I think you could do definitely a lot worse than him this week. You cannot do... Uh, any better than uh, Danny Gibson on the road of his high stakes lowdown this week. Danny, I certainly appreciate it. Best of luck to you in the main event. Good luck to you in all your leagues this year. And uh, we'll talk again soon, man. Always a pleasure, Eric. Anytime, man. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.